Welcome to the College Prep Genius Radio Show, where we can answer all your questions about getting college for free. Today, your host is Jean Burke, the author of College Prep Genius, The No-Brainer Way to SAT Success, and you can find her at collegeprepgenius.com. And I'm the moderator, Felice Gerwitz. Welcome. Hi, everyone. This is Felice Gerwitz, and this is another episode of College Prep Genius. Uh, You can find the show notes at collegeprepgenius.com, and this is uh, podcast number 42. Um, With me on the line is Jean Burke, and uh, she is an amazing lady that is a walking, talking encyclopedia of SAT. I don't know how you go to sleep at night, Jean, and if you're trying to, you know, figure out things in your head, or do you get to have a restful sleep. So um, there's just so much information. Well, you know why it's funny is because um, one of the tricks I've learned is you've got to put a pad and paper next to your nightstand because, you know, my mind's always racing and I'm always coming up with new projects and new books or something. And if you can just kind of write it down, it kind of relaxes your brain to say, okay, uh, you're not going to forget it now. You can go to sleep. So something I'm going to do. (laughs) That's that so great. And that's one of the things that you told, told us. Um, I, I got a chance to um, get to see Jean uh, in person at her classes. I've met Jean several times, but, um, you know, in real life, Jean's from Texas and I'm here in Florida. And we, we have had a, a chance to get together, which is always fun. But this time, um, my son was able to take the in-person class, and it was phenomenal. And one of the things that Jean said Um, was how important it was to write it down because when you write something, um, it frees up your brain. So explain a little bit better than I just did about, you know, writing um, something down. Well, you know, when you're working the SAT uh, questions, whether it's writing, reading, math, whatever, uh, so many times students just kind of look at a question, they work out in their head, um, and then they move on to the next one. But what happens is our brain only holds a couple thoughts at a time, our mind. And so it gets very clouded up, and sometimes it's very difficult to move on to the next question because you're still kind of thinking about the other one. And so when you take and work a problem with a pencil, you're releasing your brain, saying, okay, I am done with that question. Now I can go on to the next one. And so it's really important. I'm, I'm a big believer in working out every problem, you know, with your pencil, Keep that pencil in your hand at all times because it really can become your best friend, you know, on the test as you're learning to decode the questions and, you know, mark it out certain words and underlining certain things. And so it's really, really important, not, not just the math section, but the reading and the writing section. Good. Okay. And today we're going to talk about the writing section um, as well. Um, and so uh, let's get started with that. You know, people sometimes dread this and, um, you know, you're going to, uh, explain to us some ways that uh, it's really beneficial to study um, using you know, a logical eye. Well, the writing section, when the SAT was redesigned and debuted back in March, uh, I think what a lot of people didn't understand is it is now a part of the reading grade, the score. Before the SAT changed, you know, there was the three sections, the math, the critical reading, and the writing. Each one were worth 800 points each. And a lot of schools didn't even consider the writing section. They just stuck with the math and the reading. Um, but when the SAT changed, 
they combine both reading and writing score into one, uh, so no longer can colleges ignore it, um, neither can students. Uh, so it's really important that you do well because it will combine up to the total of 800. Now, what's interesting in this section is students are given four passages, 44 questions, and 35 minutes to complete it in. Uh, so just doing the math, that's about 40 seconds per question. So you can see why a lot of students really have a hard time because they've got the four passages plus about 40 seconds of question. Now, the type of questions that the students are going to get have to do uh, with either grammar or style or maybe even their reading comprehension. Uh, the cool thing is there's a, a pattern that the College Board uses up to about 75% of the time where you can answer the question within about 10 seconds. Um, so don't, you know, don't, don't freak out that you have only 40 seconds uh, because, again, uh, you know, there's a fast way to answer every question on this test. Now, students are going to be given um, a, a passage with some underlined portions and then there's going to, with a number, and then there's going to be a question that correlates to that particular question. Now, I think a lot of times students don't realize this, but, you know, answer A usually is what's called no change which means that if you read the underlined portion of the passage and there's nothing wrong with it, just simply pick A. Nothing's wrong with it and just move on. Uh, occasionally, students are going to be revising certain sentences or restating certain sentences, so it really just depends. Uh, and again, the cool thing is you don't have to read these passages. I, I'm reading all these companies out there that you know, are telling students to read the whole passages and to analyze them and all of that. And you know, that's great for a, a writing class or an English class where you have lots of time, but you know, we're talking 40 seconds a question, you know, and four passages, so there's just really no way you can do it. Right. Um, Jane, what, are the, the, what are the four choices? Okay. A, A is no change. What is B? Well, B, C, and D will be a variation of okay. the answer choice, okay? So, okay. For, for example, I'll give you an example. Uh, if you have a question, and there's not a prompt, and the answers are very similar, it's going to test grammar. So you might have A, no change, B, spends, uh, C could be uh, has spent, and D could be is spending. So you can see that they're all very, very similar. So that's going to test the, the, the grammar skills of the students. You might have a question that doesn't have a prompt, uh, and the answers are more varied, then it's going to test style. It's going to test how well this, the sentence sounds. Is it clear? Is it effective? And then you're going to have um, very often a question that does have a prompt and the answers are more varied. And at that point, it's going to test the reading analysis of the student. So um, it really depends on what type of question it is, what the answer choices are going to be. Okay. Now, I think, you know, when I analyzed the new SAT uh, and I was going through the reading section, uh, it was very interesting that um, the College Board used basically 13 grammar errors. And you know, by it being a standardized test, it means that they're going to use the same patterns every time. They're not just going to wake up one day and just change everything up. So as long as you know the 13 most common grammar errors you know, in this section, you're going to do very well. Uh, and, and, and most students already know them. Now, there's a few of them that are tricky that I think that a lot of students, and I, I want to touch on a couple of them that I think students are really shaky on when it comes to grammar. And that is a couple, some key words that they use a lot. And that is uh, words like access and excess, effect and effect. 
And because they use these over and over again, if students aren't um, precise with the definitions, they're going to end up, you know, picking the wrong answer. So let me give you mm -hmm. a couple of tricks that I came up with years ago when I first started teaching test prep. If you have okay, the word on. affect. Hold on, Jane. Um, you're, okay. Um, you're getting uh, garbled again. So. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Better. <laughs> she gets excited, and I don't know if the phone's shaking or, or what the deal is, but she's a, you should see her in person. <laughs> she gets really animated. The kids are not bored at all. That's the other thing I have to throw in. I know I've been, like, so excited talking about the in-person classes because I love the podcast and I love the online stuff, and, you know, Mike can review stuff on his phone and watch you on his phone, but it's just, you know, it, it's a lot more dynamic. Okay. So you said access and um, excess and effect and effect, and now you're going to give us some yes. keys there. Okay. I'm going to give you a little secret that I created years ago when I first was um, doing some basic grammar on the old SAT. And what was interesting when they when they came up with the new SAT, they they tend to use these a lot because they know that a lot of students will mix these um, words up. Um, when we're talking about effect or a f f e c t and effect, E-F-F-E-C-T, um, think of it this way, effect with the A uh, is the influence, and effect is the result. So A comes before E. So as you think of effect, the A is the influence is first, and E, the, the result is last. So it's, you're either influenced or there's a result. And kind of the same thing with access and excess. When you have access or, or A-C-C-E-S-S, -S, that means admittance. You know, he got access into the concert. Excess with an E is uh, overabundance. So, again, think of it this way. A and access is the same as admittance. And E and excess could be equate to extra. So I think that will help. But those are a couple of things. And then one of the other things that was really interesting as I was um, analyzing and trying to find these, the most common uh, grammar errors that, um, that they tend to use, um, they used a lot of words like notwithstanding, likewise, um, nevertheless. And it, it really makes a huge difference that you know the definitions between all these words. Because, for, for example, let's say you have an answer choice that says notwithstanding, and another answer choice says nevertheless. Well, both of those words mean the same thing. They mean in contrast. And so if you didn't know that the, the meaning was the same and you picked either one of them, you would be wrong because you can't have two right answers on this test. So it would, it would be actually neither one of those answers. So, and that's uh, one of the oh, keys that you that you teach is, um, you know, if they're if it's the same answer, you can eliminate those. We're, I'm going to interrupt you right in the middle because we have got to break for a commercial, but we'll be right back, and then I'll let you continue on. We'll be right back. With College Prep Genius, free college can happen to you. That's right. It's never too early to start thinking about test prep to secure your future. Imagine getting free tuition, room, and board, free grad school, and more based on your SAT score. College Prep Genius is the key to free. This award-winning, nationally-featured program teaches students the logic behind the SAT. You'll learn to answer every question in 30 seconds. 
raise your score as much as 600 points and go to the college of your dreams for free. Visit collegeprepgenius.com to know more. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back. This is Felice Gerwitz with episode 42, I think. <laughs> I'm losing track here. Um, with, let's see, let me look at this really quick because I want to tell you so that you can um, find your the show notes. Yes, episode 42 on writing and the essay today. And uh, Jean was, um, I rudely interrupted her. Uh, don't try this at home. Not nice to do with people, but we're on a on a schedule here to get this podcast out. So, um, I wanted to, to jump in there, but you were talking about some common errors and how important it is, um, you know, notwithstanding and nevertheless, those are pretty much the same. So if you have two right answers, that can't be right. Um, but go ahead. No, and you're absolutely right. And that's why it's important um, to know what they use every time so that you're on alert. I think another thing, too, that we don't realize is one of the other grammar errors that they tend to use is redundancy. And ironically, we in everyday life, we talk, we are redundant all the time and don't even realize it. You know, we'll say things like, um, Mom, can you give me the reason why I can't go? Well, reason and why mean the same thing. Or can you add an additional piece of cheese to my hamburger? Well, adding an additional, you know, again, are the same things. You know, could you repeat that again? <laughs> okay. And we do that. And that's okay because we can do that. But on the SAT, when you start to see things that are redundant or to say the same thing, those are always going to be a wrong answer. So it's mm-hmm. really important that you know which, you know, grammar errors that they constantly use so that, you know, you're on the lookout for them. Very good. And, you know, that that is um, really important because without that, you know, the kids are going to tend to pick the wrong the wrong. Um, answer and and that was one of the things I mean you spent a lot of time again we don't have a lot of time on on the podcast to go through it but um, explaining to them how to eliminate and you actually went through some really uh, good examples and then you put stuff up and you let the kids participate and um, they had uh, flashcards that had they were on a ring and so uh, Jean would, you know, cover the answers and she'd go through, and this is after she taught them what, you know, what the little, you know, kind of uh, insider scoop is. And then they were supposed to hold up like A, B, C. And then she also had smiley face and frown face. If they got it right, <laughs> could hold up the smiley face or the, you know, the frown face. So uh, that was really great, Jean. Michael enjoyed that too. Well, good. Well, great. Well, I know you don't have a lot of time, so I, I want to touch base about the essay just a little bit. Uh, you know, sure. the essay on the new SAT um, is now optional. And so, you, you know, as well as I do, you know, students are told that, what, what are they going to do? You know, they're going to they're gonna opt out. Uh, right. But, you know, I'm going to always tell my students to, no matter what, always write the essay. You know, there are three reasons why, no matter, even if it's optional, that you should do it. Num- number one, is if a college admissions counselor is on the fence about your child's, you know, application, they're going to use the essay as a determining factor. So that's really, really important. Um, number two, it, it does give your child that complete profile. Shows basically they, you know, that they did everything they're supposed to do and should do and more. Um, and then another cool thing is that a lot of colleges will even exempt you from writing classes 
uh, if you've written the essay. So keep that in mind. It comes at the end of the test. When you sign up for the SAT, there's a place to opt in or opt out. And if you choose to not write the essay, but you get to the test and you've changed your mind, uh, as long as there's room and they have enough materials, you can always, you know, opt in later, and that's okay. Because it's gonna, they're going to have the first the original SAT, because the score on the essay is not counted in with the 1600. So you can still end up doing it. And of course, if you write a bad essay one time, then certainly you can always do it again. So it's not that big of a deal. The other thing too about the essay um, is the fact that um, it's, it's no longer a prompt question like it used to be, where you were given something like, "Hey, should we feed starving kids in Africa?" And you know, you had to choose: yes, we should; no, we shouldn't. You know, you know, agree, disagree, whatever. You are now given an already published piece of work. Uh, it's going to tend to be an article, a speech, a, a document. Um, and then you have to write an analytical essay based, you know, on that given work. So no longer do you have the opportunity to bring in outside information or use personal experiences or literature. And what happens on these essays is, you know, the judges are going, there's going to be two judges and they're going to grade it on three uh, different areas, writing, uh, reading, and analysis. And um, there's about 3,400 judges across the nation that will be, you know, doing all the all the grading. And, you know, these judges, they do have a college degree, and they understand writing. And, you know, they're really just going to skim through your, your paper and, and maybe spend about 30 seconds grading it. So wow. not a lot of time to see what an amazing you know, writer your child is. Really, they're just looking for a few key things. And... Uh, if, you know, if you if you know what to fill in, then you can certainly uh, get a great score. Now, the the what the what these paper basically are going to do is they're going to uh, be some type of um, you know article or speech that will address a broad audience. It won't be something very narrow-minded. Um, it's going to convey the argument of you know his or her um, belief, whatever this author uh, says going to, uh, you know, support their argument based on some kind of uh, claim. They often will use examples like debates or surveys or, you know, personal experiences that they've had. Um, and pretty much they're, they're chosen carefully to ensure that they are appropriately and consistently complex. And, and I say that loosely because really, honestly, you, you can write the whole essay, get a perfect score and never have to read the whole essay. So, you know, again, there's strategies. Um, keep in mind, these are very, very subjective essays that the students are writing. And so the college board has to have an objective grading system to make sure that it's fair for everyone. So, you know, knowing a template, knowing what they're looking for, you know, you can, you can go online, you can read some perfect scoring essays and kind of get an idea of, you know, what these students did. Uh, to do well, you know, we created a template that, to help students. But, you know, again, it's not something other that's very complex at all, no matter, no matter what they say. It's just really understanding what they're looking for and, and uh, you know, and, and, and how to put together a smart-sounding paper, you know, in a short amount of time. Very good. And And you also teach in your class that they can kind of have an idea of what their um, – you know, their format is going to be, and that's what you're talking about when you, you talk about the template. Yeah, definitely. The thing I think that people don't realize is 
they got to kind of go in and they start fresh every time they take an essay, they write an essay when you don't have to. I mean, there's a proven plan. There's a proven template. Just follow that. Because, again, okay. keep in mind, they're not testing, you know, your writing ability. Right. Because they, they obviously know this is a, you know, a rough draft because you're not having time to write it again. So it's a first draft and nobody really gets ever graded on a first draft. And I'm glad both of us being authors that we're not <laughs> have a chance to, <laughs> to improve upon it. Yeah. Can you imagine? That would be horrible. Oh, God. <laughs> Well, listen, I have so enjoyed uh, this episode. Um, you can get the show notes at collegeprepgenius.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 42. And also um, go catch some of the videos and things that Jean um, has on her website. Uh, lots of phenomenal um, information that you can you can uh, get. And then, um, Jean, I want to thank you again. And if people want to know your schedule, you have that on your website. Is that correct? I do. I, I don't have every class. I mean, I just was in India and Hawaii, uh, Virginia, and now in Florida teaching, and it's not always on there. So, you know, sometimes we just do classes. Um, you know, I've got teachers that teach as well. Uh, if you know, if anybody is interested in hosting a class in their city, it really just you know just contact us. You know, at info at collegeprepgenius.com. And, uh, you know, we can send you some information or you can get it from our website because we do go all over. I mean, we really pretty much have been working nonstop and um, not just here in America but, you know, in other countries. And so, uh, you know, the things I tell my students now is these students in these other countries just would just love to come over here to America to go to school. And, and they're taking it seriously and, they you know, they're doing what I tell them and they're raising their score 600 points um, because they really want to, you know, come over here and they might just take your place. So you better get on the ball. So. Right. Because, you're. I mean, this uh, information is available to us as well. So, you know, and Jean would prefer to stay in this country, although you do like traveling Definitely. all over. So it's, ex- <laughs> it's exciting. Well, you know, well it thank is. you I, so know, much. I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely pro-American, but I just want kids to take it seriously and, you know, just right. listen to what I tell you and, and, and do the practice because really so many people do want to come over here because we do have the best colleges. Um, don't, don't let them take your place because, you know, they may if you don't really work on this and get this down. Excellent. Well, thank you again, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, Lisa. Well, thanks so much for listening to the College Prep Genius Radio Show. You can find more episodes at collegeprepgenius.com forward slash podcast or listen on iTunes, on your favorite podcast app, on your phone, on your computer, or on the go. Remember, visit collegeprepgenius.com for more information and we'll see you soon.